Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 105 in Edmonton. Oilers Now brought to you by Digitex. Who wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex dot Alberta's number one owned and operator place to buy office technology and software. Software. Every Tuesday on Orders Now, Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing. Alberta, they're presenting live racing Friday and Sunday evening at Century Mile. Spectator access is still limited by COVID restrictions, but you can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Uh, we head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline, and welcome back to the show, Sportsnet Spec Mark Spector. Hello, Spec. How are you doing? Hey, Bobby, how's your weekend? Well, it was, uh, it was good. It was good until uh, this morning when I saw Dustin Nielsen tweet something out about uh, Rob Zitlaw. That's sad news. As you know, he played hockey with us for uh, way back in the early 2000s. Great guy and uh, sad story. So Yeah, uh, yeah. Robbie was a very good man and a, and a big, big part of the sports community. Like if you're a high school football player in this you know, in the Edmonton area, yep. and you ever wanted saw yourself on video from a game that you played? I'm telling you, 99% sure it was Robbie Zitlaw that shot it. He spent more nights. You know, you ever cover? When I was a younger reporter, Bob, I covered a lot of some high school football, and you never cover it till the end of the season when it's freezing cold and yep. really dark, and there's nobody else there but the parents and you and Rob Zitlaw. And yeah. he was an uh, incredible sort of guy that gave a lot of his time. For- Their uh, work that they did on, uh, like, you know, as you know, I've stayed a Golden Bears fan all these years, and yep. some have accused me of talking too much about them. It's hard not to talk about a program that consistently wins national championships, and that's in hockey and the football program. Rob Film, you know, his ICU does both of the broadcasts for those, and the broadcasts that emanate out of Edmonton, uh, the rest of the conference can't even compared to like just the caliber can't even touch the both the the caliber of the broadcasters and of the video itself so sad story all right uh well let's uh let's get to it we got a lot 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 to talk about uh the orders were busy we just had tyson berry and ken holland on the show mark give us your overall assessment on the body of work that ken holland and his staff did here over the last four or five days well, they had a really good weekend, and, and you know one of the things that makes it a good weekend is they clearly had a plan A and a plan B and a sort of a plan C, I think, right? Uh, you know, if they were going to get Jacob Markstrom and they were in deep on him, I'm going to say to you that there'd be no, you know, likely no Kyle Torres and maybe not even a Tyler Ennis because Jacob Markstrom would eat up a lot of that money. Certainly no no Tyson Berry. Oh, no Tyson Berry for sure. No Tyson Berry for sure. So I guess what I'm saying to you, Bob, is I love the fact that, you know, they went in after a goalie and the goalie, they didn't get the goalie and then they jumped right into plan B. And, you know, now that it's all said and done, I'm not sure I don't like plan B better than plan A, Bob. Well, you know my feeling on long-term contracts, Mark. Uh, we had quite the, you know, I remember when uh, in, in, 2013 when Ferentz signed, um, 
you know what? You, you hoped the character that he would bring from Boston would help, but you were concerned at the 38, 33-year-old guy coming on a four-year deal. Uh, and then right away I knew that he was going to get considered for being captain, but he wasn't Jason Smith who went to Philly and became the captain. Jason had already been a captain before. Uh, in 2014, actually it was Ryan Rashog that told me how much the Oilers went on Mark Fain, and I was kind of nervous from the beginning. I was like, why on a multi-year term? I'm not going to be a hypocrite here. I didn't see Edmonton signing Secker in 2015, and I was a guy that believed the Lucic signing in 2016 could work for at least four or five years. I was wrong. You know, his game dropped off. But there's a lesson in what occurred between 2013 and 2016, Spec. If you're gonna if you're gonna term somebody, that player has got to be a difference maker. And I'm, I I think some of the mistakes the organization made in the past is a term guys that really weren't, with all due respect to those players. Yep difference makers you know what i'm saying and what i like is okay they didn't sign anybody with term they got everybody on short-term deals they've given themselves some flexibility i think it's an obvious edmonton will be adding a 25 goal score type player next year in the offseason because they'll have the cap space but i i i kind of like that they didn't tie themselves up even more you know what i mean mark like they made a bunch of small short-term bets that for a lot of the fans other than the situation and goal i think for a lot of the fans they fundamentally understand what the oilers did here yeah and you have to understand that you don't get to scratch every itch in one free agent season like don't come to me and say well okay so you got your defenseman and you got your third line center and a nice depth forward in ennis but i wanted the, the a goalie too you can't have it all Right, you just can't have it all. And sign Ethan Bear, by the way. So, you know, I, I think I mean history tells us, Bob. Let's just look at it in a cold-hearted, analytical way here. Let's go back over the past fifteen years and talk about, you know, three and three-year and longer contracts signed on deadline day, and how did they work out? Well, you know, I don't have the deep dive in front of me, but I'm here to tell you that that probably somewhere over 75% of those contracts ended up being either too expensive, too long, or entirely regrettable on both sides. So so if Ken Holland errs to the short term and the small money uh, on a, a free agent day, I mean, that is it's far less punitive than even Edmonton's history. You named them all off. You sent me a text last night that you know must have taken forever to write, but all those last the last long-term free agent deals that Edmonton's made, the last five or six, they've regretted every one of them. So uh, I think they're doing pretty well to turn that boat around and go with a bunch of one-year deals. And again, that was between 2013 to 16. Uh, and we're talking opening day signings because some people are like, oh, you got to make a splash. You got to make a splash. And, I, you know, I look at when Nashville was a really good organization, Mark, they were always, you know, some people said, well, they fish at the bottom of the pond. Well, they're patient and they don't overpay and they're not in there on the opening day. And lo and behold, last year they got in there on the opening day and signed Duchesne. And I'm telling you right now, Matt Duchesne is on a seven-year contract at $8 million. They could waive him tomorrow, and nobody would pick him up. 
Yep. Okay? So how good of a signing was it? And so in 2017 and 18, the Oilers did not make any uh, uh, sort of significant opening day signings. Last year, 2019, Ken Holland signed Chase on to a two-year extension, and he signed Mike Smith on a one-year deal. This year, on the opening day of free agency, he signed Turris on a two-year deal, coming off being bought out, and Ennis on a one-year deal, and then he gets the next day, he gets Barry on a one-year deal, and Mike Smith on a one-year deal. Now, the Barry thing, the fans love. We'll get to uh, Barry more. Just back to the goaltending with Mike Smith. The one criticism that I'm seeing on the text lines is, why did they bring Smith back? Why didn't they spend 3.75 in that range on a Grice or on a uh, Crawford or something like that? Give me your perspective on bringing Smith back versus the price points on those other two guys, because obviously they, you know, six times six for Markstrom and Calgary. That that to me was gonna that that's gonna be a really interesting contract to watch. But more so the other two guys, the Grice and uh, uh, the Grice contract and the Crawford Crawford uh, contract. Should Edmonton have been in on those guys? Do you think, Mark, or are those price points too high? Well, I mean, I, I think you have to look at it sequentially. You know, Mike Smith was the last guy they signed, right? Signed Barry on Saturday morning, and then, yep. and and then they, you know, I could tell that Ken Holland said, "Okay, he knows what his number is." He says, "Okay, I got two million left for a goalie." So you can say, "Geez, they should have been in on." What did uh, Crow get in uh, Jersey? Four million bucks. I think he got three seven five. I'll just check it up. No, yeah. three seven five. It was so. Uh, Eminem doesn't have that extra one point seven five. That's sitting there waiting to pay Ethan Bear. Right? They don't have another 1.75. If they would have signed Smith on the first day of free agency, I could say to you, okay, let's have a conversation about which goalie they chose when they had all this cap space. They signed Mike Smith when they had $2 million left in the bank to spend on free agents. They didn't have three. They didn't even have two and a half, I don't think. <laughs> they had right. about two. And that's what they spent. And at this point now, we're choosing between a bunch of goalies that are all, to me, the same and you say to yourself, well, we know Mike Smith. Uh, you know, let's take the guy we know. I'm not. You know, the, the other guys out there in the $2 million range, none of them are better than Mike Smith, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking at... Uh... Uh, I, I went to New Jersey. I ended up in there. Uh, 3.9 times two years on Crawford. So it is okay. four. Okay. There you so go. You're, you, yeah, I didn't think it was that high. And Detroit was the other team that needed. Is that where Where did uh, yeah, Grice went to Detroit 3.6 times two years? So both guys got two-year terms, and the Oilers got Smith on a one-year deal. Which 1.5 get... with bonuses. So let's right. see. They, they might pay him two. They might pay him 1.75, whatever. Yeah, and you're. I guess part of it is the flexibility that they have carrying forward, right? Like people say, well, you know what? They didn't get as good a goalie, but we all know that. Like he came into the situation for two years where he knew he didn't have a lot of cap space. I, I can tell by what's been written, Mark, over the last week and or the last seventy-two hours, and the text line. Generally speaking, most people fundamentally think he did a pretty good job given the limited amount of space that he had. And, you know, I, I, I'd I, be the first to tell you, Jacob Markstrom, for me, 
I know a lot of people think he's a like Dwayne Rollison thinks he's a, an upgrade on Koskinen. I don't think he's a significant upgrade on Koskinen. I think he's an upgrade, maybe marginally better, but I don't think he's dramatically better. You know what I'm? And I don't know sure. if six years at six million dollars. And you know what? Maybe Calgary will hit the home run. Like maybe it's a great signing, but that one, frankly, for me, would have me a little bit nervous. You know what I'm saying? Well, just a term, just a term for a guy that turns 31 in January, right? Yeah. That to me is, you know, we've seen these. I never liked this, but we we all said it with Lucic. Well, this should be good. Would they sign Lucic to a six-year deal? Seven-year deal, seven-year deal at six yeah. million per. And most of us, Mark, I remember what happened when he signed that day because they had the. Remember they had the availability up on the like the third floor at the hotel overlooking the building. Yeah, and like a mo- parking garage, more likely. Yeah. Right, and and the general consensus amongst the media was that yeah, it makes sense. He brings a different dynamic. He'll be good for you know four or five years. The harsher analytics types out there were carving the Oilers and concerned about the player breaking down. Nobody saw it dropping off a cliff as fast as it did for Milan. Nobody. No, the question was, is it going to be a good deal for three years or five years, let's say? And But what I don't like is, and now that we're in this, you know, the pandemic's hit and the cap is small and money is way tighter than it was, why are we signing any deals where the last two years are, we're going to regret them? Like, yeah. which player is good enough that we're okay with having him for dead weight for two years? I don't. To me, that's not good management. Sign me, sign a guy for seven years, Bob. But you better be looking at year six and seven and, and looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, "This guy's still going to be a player." Then I don't want dead weight for two years on a seven-year deal. And I think it's kind of funny because it's taken a pandemic to put some sense into the general managers out there. And this trade deadline was, I mean, exceptionally active. There's lots going on. Not trade deadline, the pre-trade deadline was very active. I mean, tons of guys getting signed. But there sure wasn't a lot of really dumb contracts the way there is most years. You know, we can talk about Markstrom. Maybe it's a little long. Sure. But... You know, it's funny. The, the new cap has beaten some sense into these gems. They have to be. They have to be smarter. They can't throw the money around. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about a couple of the Oilers signings, Tyson Berry and Kyle Turris, and a couple other signings around the league, and maybe what everything might mean for Edmonton carrying forward as well. It's 118. Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, presenting live racing Friday and Sunday evening at Century Mile. Spectators access limited due to COVID. You can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. 119 in Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stopper on 630 Chad. 120 in Edmonton. Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Again, you can watch and wager online. For the live racing on a Century Mile on Friday and Sunday evenings at HBIBet.com. Mark, uh, we had you on right as Kyle Turris signed on Friday. Uh, two years, $1.65 million. The year he scored 27 in the regular season for Ottawa, he got at least five goals where he was situated on the uh, left side of the power play as a right shot, hammering home pucks. Um uh, your thoughts, Ken Holland just mentioned that he's going to get an opportunity killing some penalties. Your thoughts on the Turris signing two years, $1.65 million. Well, it's funny. It's ironic, maybe. I've always sort of watched Kyle Turris play and thought he reminds me of Brian Nugent Hopkins. You know, I'm not sure whether he's a better passer or shooter. He's good at both, uh, which is, I think, what's made Nugent Hopkins so valuable with the two centermen he plays with. 
And, yep. you know, he's just a high pedigree of, of third-line center. Like, let's face it, you know, this is a, what was he, third overall, Bob? He's a, yep, an old seven. He's a, he's a yep. very good player, and he's, he makes a good third-line center in the new hockey world. But let's also, you know, the, the only problem was Riley Shan is a fourth-line center, and he played third-line center for him last year. They got nothing out of him five-on-five. Five. Turris is going to improve on that a ton. There's right. no doubt about it. But you just mentioned they're going to give him some time penalty killing, which doesn't mean he'll be good at penalty killing. I know he killed penalties in Ottawa, and I'm yeah. sure he's confident he can do it. But this is an Oilers team. Let's not lose sight of this, Bob. This is an Oilers team that puts the puck in the net pretty well. They need to keep the puck out of their net. So I'm hoping and I'm thinking that it's important that – Although he's going to score more and create way more than Riley Shan ever did, there's no doubt about that, Bob. I'm not sure that he'll keep it out of his net more than Riley Shan did, and that's an area that the Edmonton Oilers need to improve on. Yeah, I, I would say that you know, uh, last year Shan went minus 25 v five in true five on five situations. I'd yeah. be stunned if Turris was, you know, minus he'll ten have or puck more. Bob, I think he'll have the puck more. Right, right. I'd be stunned if he's minus ten or worse. But it's going to be difficult, difficult for the Oilers to replicate that second-ranked penalty killing unit as well. And Sheehan was a part of the first pairing of that unit uh, with Josh Archibald. All right, so that's Kyle Turris, Tyson Berry, one year. Three point seven five million spec. I don't know if you heard the interview with them, uh, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky and uh, Connor McDavid did talk to Tyson, and he said, "I'd already made up my decision before those guys called." So <laughs> I kind of felt. I mean, obviously he sees the fit here. It totally makes sense, doesn't it? Oh, listen, they've they've lacked for so long. Uh, you know, the defenseman who follows the play up and becomes the trader, right? Uh, a guy, you know, who's the, a guy with a shot, a right-hand shot for the point that likes to use it? I mean, you know, you would know this. Who was the last 50-point defenseman the Oilers had, Bob? Oh, uh, Surrey. Come on. Sheldon Surrey in 2007-2008. That was the year I know I tweeted Grebichkov out the other day. The Oilers had four 30-plus point defensemen. The other two teams in the league that had that that year were Detroit and uh, San Jose. And Vishnovsky got hurt. He only played. Vishnovsky only played like fifty-five games or something. He had yeah. thirty-nine. You know, so they they had some uh, they had some talent on the back end. Like Gilbert and Grebeshkov were their number three and number four offensive defensemen because they had Surrey and Vishnovsky who could just absolutely. This the difference, but he's the difference with Barry. He doesn't have Surrey's shot. He might activate Mark. He might be one of the best defensemen in the league in anticipating when to join the rush offensively, mm-hmm. like it, it come in as that trailer. Like you watch his goals from Colorado, and he does a great job of doing that. Obviously, he can shoot it on the power play. So from an offensive perspective, it t- like you don't have Clefbaum. This guy's about as good a short-term fit as you're going to have in that regard, I think. Yeah, and, and who knows? You know, I, I, what I like is now you test drive the player for a year. You know, and you decide if you if you like the player, uh, you'll be able to fit that player in on a, on a normal, you know, multi-year contract next season. But if you're signing to that deal, Bob, you're damn sure that you want him. You know him in the room. You know him with your team. The, you know the players that are the, the the leaders on this team will have a voice. And this isn't just going to be a free agent signing. This is a guy you're going to try out for a year. And if you really like him, and I, it, it, it appears. He would be the right type of defenseman to keep long term. Now you're signing the guy that you're sure it's going to work, and if you don't think it's going to work, you let him walk after the end of the year. 
Ken Holland made it obvious, uh, you know, work to still be done on the Nugent Hopkins front, but uh, lots of appetite there from the organization. So I'm going to put you on the spot. News broke today about Brendan Gallagher. The Canadians have spent $9.25 million in the last four days on two right wings, Josh Anderson, one goal last year, and Tyler Toffoli. Uh, so... Uh, Gallagher's got a year left until he's at UFA's $3.75 million cap hit, and Taylor Hall signs one year in Buffalo. The Oilers are going to need a top six forward in a year from now, regardless of what happens with Nugent Hopkins. They might need to. I, I, again, I think Nugent, they'll get that done. Who are you going to watch closer, Gallagher or Hall? Uh, two different players. Yep. But uh, I know how much you like Gallagher, and I like him too, right? Because he's got that edge to his game that you love, and he's a producer. You know, he's a real producer. Uh, who am I going to watch more? Man, oh, man. There's a question. Like, I mean, it's it's interesting because oh basically Buffalo's done the same thing with Hall that the Oilers have got going on with Barry. Hall goes in there. He, he can trust the coach, right? He's going to play with Jack Eichel's a terrific player. Uh, they're going to test drive each other, and let's not be dismissive of where Buffalo can go because Edmonton was in that spot a year ago at this time. They can end up taking a big step forward. That can happen. It's not out of the realm of possibilities. The Gallagher situation, because of the money that's tied up in Montreal in the right wing now, to me that's a little bit different. That might have a little bit different outcome you know what i'm saying mark oh no for sure and he's also a less expensive player you know yes. and he's a top six player so uh, and he brings a different element like you know i'm a fan of taylor hall's game uh but the orders have a lot of that you know let's score off the rush uh i'll tell you what we you and i have agreed on this for a long time what they haven't had enough of in the past however many years is a little bit of what Brendan Gallagher brings and that makes you that's a pain in the butt to play against and a difficult you know antagonistic game that you know I like a lot about what Taylor Hall does but that's just not his repertoire uh, I don't mind Gallagher one bit at half the price I'm not sure I wouldn't take him ahead of Hall at that rate. Well, I don't know if he'll be like, you know, you got to figure he's going to get five and a half or six in that range on an extension. Mark, he's not getting six. He's he scored in this economy. He, he might. Uh, that's fair. He might be in the fives. But in the last three years, Montreal's only had one guy score thirty goals, and he's done it twice. All, mm-hmm. And I'll leave you with this, Mark, just on Gallagher, because I'm I, obviously I'm a little bit biased here. But there's there's one guy in Montreal that the fans in Boston all wish they had on their team. <laughs> that kind of says everything right there, right? That says everything right there, Bob. Yeah, right? That, that's, that's the guy. Hey, Mark, thanks for taking time to join us. We'll talk on Friday, okay? All right, Bobby, have a great day. You bet. For the horses and horse racing, Alberta, presenting live racing Friday and Sunday evening at Century Mile. Spectator access limited by COVID restrictions. You can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. That is Mark Spector. Want to tell you, cars cost less than Wetaskiwin. You know that's the old saying in these parts, but 0% financing back at Brent Ridge Ford. Come down and see the deals. In 2020 F-150s, Escapes, Mustangs, and more. Plus, get a trade-in bonus of at least one k 1000 when you swap out your 2016 model or older. You can go visit Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford, your Ford authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin, or go online at brentridge.com. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, and when we come back, uh, we will hear from Puckpedia, Hart Levine. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon, on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.